and we're going to recap. Most gracious Heavenly Father, first of all, we just want to thank you for being you. You're so gracious. You're so kind. Yes. You're so amazing. You're so wonderful. You are better to us than we are to ourselves. Yes. You've been so incredibly kind and good and merciful to us, and we just want to say thank you today. Thank you. We want to thank you for our amazing partners that have joined from all over this world, yes. and we want to thank you for the many things we've been able to do for our our church community and the community around us because of their generosity. Now, Father, for every partner that has been faithful in their giving, we ask that you would give them a hundredfold return. We ask that this week they would give gifts and surprises. We ask that this week that they would get unexpected income and open doors yes. and money paid back yes. to them and increase in favor, 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 surround them like a shield. Everywhere they go, let them run into the favor of God. Now, Father, we come this morning because you've told us that anytime we can see here and understand that we will be converted mm -hmm. and healed and we declare yes. that we are in position because our desire is to hear the yes. Holy Spirit Holy Spirit we are ready come and teach us come and instruct us and we declare that we are not just those that hear the word but we are those that hear and do the word yes. and our life is forever changed yes. now we boldly declare that someone is getting breakthrough today right it is us yes. we boldly declare that someone is being yes. blessed today it and it us. is us someone's healing is manifesting Amen today and it, it is, is us we declare that we are going higher and higher from level to level to faith to faith to glory to glory make our whole life a testimony of your goodness and we thank you and we praise you for it in jesus name, in jesus amen. name. Amen. amen amen baby having that music back amen. right there now listen <laughs> we're about to have us some church up in here somebody say church <laughs> amen listen we're going to get Hallelujah. into uh today's teaching uh, and before we do, I just want to remind you one time, just one time again, go ahead and share the broadcast if you haven't. I think last week our goal was 100 and we got we got over that and that helped the, that broadcast get out to over 10,000 people. The analytics said that there were 10,000 unique views who, who viewed the broadcast for at least three minutes. That's what they do. They do one minute and three minutes. So there were 10,000 unique views who viewed for at least three minutes. And that happened because of you. So I'm going to ask you one more time this week. Uh, if you haven't, I may mention it again for those who come in new. Uh, if you haven't liked the broadcast, go ahead and like the broadcast. Use that blue thumb or that uh, red heart and, and you know let us know you appreciate what we're doing. And then also share, share, share. We can get another 100 shares, get another 10,000 uh, views this week. That will be great. So what we want to do uh, today is we want to still talk about this principle of being led by God. Amen. I mean, you gave us such a great segment way into that because again what good does it do to hear and not do so we want to talk about not just hearing and, and not just doing we want to talk about them both yes. because we want to talk about being led by God and so last week uh, one of the things that we talked about was that God wants us to understand the importance and how important it is to be led by his Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, I believe that that is the reason that he told the disciples, he said, look, I'm going to go. He said, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send back someone who's going to be able to lead you and guide you just as I am doing here mm -hmm. with you now. And the great thing about that is that when Jesus went back, uh, the Holy Spirit came, it came into all of us or gave us the ability to be on inside of all of us at, at one time. Uh, and so we don't have to try to go and find Jesus for every answer. We can house him on the inside yes, of us. Yes. Uh, so we read last week in Proverbs 20 and 27, in the New Living Translation, we're just gonna recap a few things from last week, where the Bible says the Lord's light 
penetrates the human spirit and exposes every hidden motive, every hidden motive. And so if we allow Holy Spirit to come on the inside of us, then every motive we have gets to be filtered through Holy Spirit. That's good. And the reason I like that, that understanding of being filtered, it's like if you take, uh, you know, you take you take flour and sometimes you have to sift that flour. Every time you sift it, it gets finer and finer. Mm -hmm. Well, what happens when Holy Spirit is in our life and we're filtering all of our actions, our thoughts, our behaviors, our decisions through Holy Spirit, they get finer and finer. And yes. what I mean by that, they get closer and closer to replicating the character of God. Because sometimes we actually want the right thing for the wrong reason. That's true. Sometimes. And so what the Holy Spirit does is that he will bring us into alignment with him mm -hmm. so that when we're praying, we're actually praying from the place and the position that God would have yes. us not trying to just want right things for the wrong reason. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And one of the things that we did say uh, on last week is we said that we know that Holy Spirit, uh, he does this through wisdom and guidance, right? Yes. That's how that's how he assists us. That's how he leads us. He he's always teaching. The Bible called the, the Bible says that he's the paraclete or he's the teacher. And so anything that we need to know, if I need to know, Lord, am I doing this for the if I am I doing the right thing for the right reason? Holy Spirit can help. Won't tell he me tell that. you quick too? He'll tell me that and, tell it, won't, and it won't take all day. He'll let me know yes. exactly why I'm doing it, if it's the right week, and if it's the right time. It's the right time. That I'm doing it in. And so Holy Spirit does that through wisdom uh, and guidance. Oh, that's so good. Listen, you know what the Holy Spirit told me the other day? What's that? He told me, he's, I was praying about over this and these scriptures about wisdom. And he said, wisdom will teach you my timing. Mm. And so he wisdom will teach you because sometimes there are things that God shows us. Mm -hmm. Right. And we believe we receive them when we pray. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean it's the time in the natural for something mm -hmm. to manifest. Mm -hmm. And he says, wisdom will teach you my timing. So wisdom gives us this supernatural advantage. So the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us so that we have the right motives. Mm -hmm. We're pursuing the right things and we're moving at the right time. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. He's smart like he that. He is. You know, one of the things we even talked about last week was that, you know, God does, God uses both scripture and his spirit to guide us, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things we said is that God universally leads us or guides us through scripture. The, the, the scripture reveals uh, to us, uh, the scripture will reveal to us uh, a multitude of ways in which God will lead us. Yes. But one of the ways we know he leads all of us is universally offered through scripture. Through scripture. But the thing that I like is that he uniquely, he uniquely offers that to us through the spirit. And so that's the reason we, we express to people that it's important that you are filled with God's spirit. Because while scripture does help to lead us, we know that scripture doesn't tell us every situation we need to know. That's right. You know, uh, the, the, the scripture doesn't really speak on whether I should take a job in uh, uh, North Carolina or Florida. It yes. doesn't specifically speak that. But Holy Spirit will tell me uniquely if I need to do that or not or uniquely whether or not that's the right move or if he, neither one of them are the right move. Right. And so that's why it's so important that, yes, God wants to lead us. But we and we know that there's power in the name of Jesus. We know he gave that power to us. But we also know that we must be led by the Holy Spirit. I think this is probably my favorite point that you talked about this last week, that he guidance is universally offered. And I think that this is important. And I think this is where a lot of believers get tripped 
tripped up. When you are word deficient, mm. it is very difficult to determine if you can hear the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. correctly mm -hmm. when you are word deficient. Mm -hmm. So we use the word to get rid of that deficiency so we can recognize how he's saying yes. because there are lots of things that seem good mm -hmm. or even things that seem popular that aren't the will of God for your life. Absolutely. And everybody may be doing them and they, and they may look good for someone else, but it's not a part of your divine destiny. Yep. And so one of the things that we're always encouraging people to do is to get in the word so you know universally yes. what God wants yes. for you, but spend time with the Holy Spirit so you know uniquely what God wants you to do. And that will give you a supernatural advantage in life. And the reason that is so important is because we know that we talked about this all the time, that man's a tripartite being, right? And part of that being is the flesh part of us. Yes. And we talked about how the flesh is always going to battle against the spirit. Mm -hmm. So if you don't you use the word word deficient, but if you are word deficient, that means you are literally starving your spirit, man. You are starving your so spirit, So if you're man. starving your spirit, man, then you have to be feeding something else. So the other thing you're feeding is your flesh. Mm -hmm. So if your flesh is strong, even though you Holy Spirit is speaking with you, your flesh is so strong, it's pulling you away from what the spirit would have you to do. So really you need to starve your flesh in, in, in spiritually speaking, and then you need to feed your spirit. Why is that important? Because we understand that when we do that, that God then shows us all of the things that's in us that we need to work on. Yes. Uh, you know, you, a lot of people who, who don't spend time and, I, and we talked about this. People don't necessarily spend a lot of time saying to Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what should I what do I need to change? What do I need to change? What we say is Holy Spirit, give me Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, take me. We don't, we don't say a lot is, okay, Holy Spirit, what do I need to do to change? What do I need to change? And not other people around me. Don't change other people. We be saying, Holy Spirit, change my spouse. Change my kids. No, how do I need to change? How do I need to change? And that's really the work of the Holy Spirit that will grow you yes. up. That's really the John 15 work where yes. he begins to prune. And that's really, a, that's a journey we all want to take. We want to yes. ask the Holy Spirit, what do I need to change? We want to ask the Holy Spirit questions like, why am I in this situation mm -hmm, again? Mm -hmm. Those are questions people don't ask. Yep. You keep having a money problem. You keep having a bad relationship problem. You keep getting fired from a job. You want to ask the Holy Spirit. You and, and here's the thing. A lot of times for us, I know we're going to talk about this more today, but we talk about this when we think we know, we don't ask questions. Mm -hmm. When we think we know, if I think, and this is just something we've learned in 27 years. If I think I know why you did something, I don't ask yeah. you. And you then assume. I, I assume it. Mm -hmm. And then I miss out on the opportunity. And so many times the, the Holy Spirit wants to give us the answers, yes. but we're not asking questions because like you said, when we're talking to him, we're like, I want to live in Vegas. Yep. I want to have this kind of house. I want to make this much money. I want to be married to this kind of person. I want to do this. And he's like, slow down, pump your brakes, slow your roll. It's some things I want to teach you about you yeah. so that when these promises come into your life, you don't bring destruction mm -hmm. to them. Absolutely. And the reason he knows it's possible to bring destruction is because we read this in Romans 8, 5 through 9. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 9, it says, for they that are after what? The flesh, they do mind what? The things of the flesh. It says, but they that are after the spirit, they, they mind the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. And that's that whole idea of what good does it do to ask God to give you something? He gives it to you, but you're not prepared to, to operate it. Why would anyone give their nine-year-old kid a brand new car and say, well, you asked for it, so here you go. They're not able to operate it. They don't know how to, they will injure themselves and other people. 
And so there are times that we're asking God That's for really something, good. and what we really ought to be saying is, Holy Spirit, prepare me for prepare what I, me. whatever it is that I'm asking you for. I remember this one when we first started ministry, you used to pray this, and it's one of the best things, and everybody who's been with the ministry a long time knows what I'm going to yep. say, that you would say, Lord, don't take us to a place that our character can't sustain yeah. us. In other words, fix, fix what's on the inside of us first before you take us somewhere that where, 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 where that character is going to show up in a negative way. Because connections. Yep. Being charismatic, yeah. being gifted. Sure. Please hear me. Just because you're It'll anointed you doesn't mean that stage. you have character. That's right. And what you really used to pray and you taught us to pray is that even though God had all these big things for us and all these places he wanted to take, and I'm not just talking about preachers. Many of you, God wants to make you a leadership leader in your company, or he wants you to build a business, or he wants you to have all of these things. But you used to pray. You used to, and, and it's one of my prayers. I don't want to go anywhere that my character cannot sustain me because I've not worked out my character issues on the back end. Because one of the things we also say is that everywhere you go, there you are. Yeah. So if you got a bad temper and don't know how to work with people when you work in as a cashier, the thing is going to show up when you're in management. And so we want the to let the Holy Spirit, everybody just say, Holy Spirit, you are free to do your job. Yes. Holy Spirit, you are free to do yes. your job. Many of us, we want Holy Spirit to serve as a genie for us. Mm -hmm. Second Corinthians tells us that he searches the heart of God to show what's been revealed to us. We want to know what's been revealed revealed to us. We want to know all the things he has for us, but we don't let him prepare us so that those things don't break and destroy us. Well, here's a prime example, right? So you have all of these people who are business owners, but in, 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 in you saw this happen um, in 2020 and early 2021. Uh, the U.S. government comes out with opportunities for people to, to get these, these loans, PPP loans. There are certain stipulations for getting a PPP loan, right? You can't just decide you want one and just get one. But you had all these people who were in business, but because they lacked the financial integrity where their business was concerned, they had an opportunity to get money. And even though they, they didn't qualify in many cases, they produced paperwork and did all kinds of things in order to get these PPP loans, right? And so now that the government is going back checking all this, you see it in the news every day. All kinds of people who, who had legitimate businesses, but maybe didn't qualify because they didn't have the right number of employees, they hadn't filed the right kind of paperwork, whatever the case may be. And then all the other people who just lied about it, they're getting all this money and now the government's coming and now they're losing not just the money that they would have gotten for PPP, they're losing their livelihoods. They're losing, they're losing their, their freedom. Some of them going, going to jail. jail. Right. Why? Because you lack character and you lack integrity. I want everybody to write this. Send yourself a text, even if you don't put it in this comments. I want you to understand this. There is nothing that God ever promises us that he needs us to lose our integrity to get. That's exactly right. There is not. So I'm telling you, if God, if I have to lose my integrity to get it, I don't want it. I don't want it. It's not from God. So if God, if you're living celibate, God doesn't need you to have sex. With the person in order to be to married, convince that to convince marry. that person to marry right. you. God doesn't need us to lose our integrity. He is big enough to do what he said. But the question is, the Bible says, when he searches, will he find faith? Mm. Will he find someone mm. who says that I would rather stay where I am in integrity from God, with God, than to 
try to put myself in the next place going my own way. Mm. Let me give you some stars on that. <laughs> Let me give you some stars. No, it's just so important. And, you know, one of the things I love about teaching with you is because so many times it moves us to, into the place where we're just talking like we talk at home. Right. Where we're just talking like we try to talk to our children mm -hmm. to say, listen, there may be things that are popular. There may be things that seem like the easy way out. But at the end of the day, if you stick with God, I love what Nietzsche just said. If it costs me my integrity, mm -hmm. it's too expensive. Yes. If it costs me disappointing God, it's too expensive. And one of the things we really want to raise up is a group of people who are so persuaded that God can do what he says that they can do, mm -hmm. that they don't want anything more than they want to please yes. him. I was thinking about this and then I'll let you get us back on okay. track. But I was thinking about this. Last night I was praying. I was reading these notes and I was praying and this thing came up in my heart. I put it on my Facebook page and I said, I want my life to be pleasing to you. And I began to think about how when God was in the garden, when he was creating the earth, right? Every time he would say something, he would see what he said and then he would declare, this is good. Mm -hmm. And I began to think, when God looks at our lives, mm -hmm. does God look at our lives the way he does those first days of creation, mm -hmm. right? And it began to come up out of my heart that I wanted my entire life to please him. Mm -hmm. Do my words please him? Does my weight please him? Does how I transact business, how I interact with you, our kids, my clients, my family, our church, is my life pleasing to him? Can God look at your life and say it's good? Mm -hmm. And I was, I was looking at these comments, I mean, these notes that we had, I was like, that's really the job of the Holy Spirit. What the job, what Holy, what Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to put us in position so that when God looks at our lives, he goes, he goes, Edwin, that's good. Yeah, yeah. He goes, Kristen, Nigel, that's good. Right. That's what he wants to do in our lives, right? And when we will submit to this process of letting him lead us universally and letting the Holy Spirit lead us uniquely, then we won't just have a life that other people are impressed with. You know, one of my greatest, if, I, if you talk about having a greatest fear, one of my greatest fears is to live a life that other people clap about that God isn't pleased with. A life that everybody's like, ooh, go Sean, you did it. And they think I'm so amazing, but I stand before the father and he goes, I love you, but I'm not pleased with your life. And that happens when you're out of integrity with what it is God has told you to do. Yes. It doesn't matter that other people are clapping for you. It doesn't even matter that what you're doing is prospering. Yes. You know, yeah. but what did God say? You know, and I know that's the, the hallmark of our ministry is what, what did, did God, God say? say? You know, and so when you, when you think about all of this in the context of what we were talking about, it was like, am I being led by my flesh or am I being led by the spirit? Because the Bible goes on to say in Romans 8, 8 and 7, it says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. Verse 8 says, so then they that are in the flesh, watch this cannot do what please, please god. god if you are uh, if you are functioning in the flesh then you cannot please god what does it mean to be functioning in the flesh does it mean that i'm just smoking and drinking and having sex and robbing and stealing no it's just anytime you're being disobedient anytime i'm being you can make it very simple anytime you're being disobedient to god you are in your flesh anytime you are not being uh a palatable to what Holy Spirit is saying, 
that's in the flesh. You know, even, even if you're not using profanity when you're doing it, even if you're not out committing a crime when you're doing it, you're you're violating uh, the rules and regulations of heaven when you go against what God is asking you to do. So what I heard you say very simply that we can grasp is that if I am disobeying God, I'm in my flesh. I'm in my I, flesh. Own, I never have to wor- wonder if I'm in my flesh. If I'm going left and God told me to go right, I'm in my flesh. And I cannot please God doing it. And I cannot please God in my flesh, even if everybody else is impressed. Well, he, here's how important it is to be led by the Holy Spirit, even when you don't know. Talk about what happened to you at the grocery when you went when you when I when you felt the need to just go to the grocery store right then and there. Okay, so everybody knows this that in this last year of the pandemic, I have cooked very little. Pastor Edwin does all of the cooking. Yesterday he was cooking some beef ribs for us, and I had taken the girl, taken Kana to the store, come back in, bought them something to eat, and 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 he went to meet the valleys, set up for church, all of this stuff. And I walked in the house, I smelled the ribs, and I immediately had this unction. They smelled good, didn't they? They did smell really good. <laughs> you didn't cook enough of them. You need to do you need to do more. Um I immediately had this unction to go and buy baked beans to cook. Now, you know I haven't cooked that much, so I should have known that was God right then, right? I go to the store and I get the items and I'm standing in line at the checkout, at the self-checkout. I'm right here. There's some there are three teenagers right here. Now, again, you had an unction to go right then. Right then right. to get baked beans. Right. right then to get baked beans. So I got all this stuff and I'm checking out. As I'm checking out, the Holy Spirit said, he said, I want you to pay for their stuff. I immediately stopped scanning my stuff and turned to them. As I turned to them, they have just realized they do not have enough cash to pay for their stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And I say to them, would you allow me to pay for that for you? And they're like looking in shock, these three teenage kids. And they're like, are you serious? I'm like, yes, please allow me to get this for you. Right. And as I'm putting my card in and the young man says to me, he said, God bless you. And I look him in his eyes and I say, thank you very much. I said, and one day you'll get to do this for somebody. Right. And then the girl came back with a drink and I bought her drink, too. And I finished my stuff. And when I was walking out, they were saying to somebody, that's the lady that paid for our stuff. And when I was telling you this about it, the reason we want to be quick when the Holy Spirit is telling us things. The Holy Spirit did not say to me, Sean, go to the store right now because there are three teenagers that I'm going to need you to buy their yeah. stuff. Actually, he could care less about those baked beans. He didn't care it about those baked beans. It was the to get you to go to the store and you and you listening got you to go when he wanted you to go. Because I went immediately. Yeah. I literally walked in the door, yes. put my stuff down yes. and turned around and walked out of the yes. door. But if I don't practice listening to the Holy Spirit in small things, maybe they'd have had to put something yes. back. Maybe God would have raised up somebody else to do it, but we really want, and and let me tell you something, guys, and this is why I want to challenge you. If the Lord tells you to sow into somebody, don't wait. Yeah, don't wait. Be a quick, prompt to do giver. If it's text somebody, if it's call somebody, whatever he tells you to do, be quick, prompted, because God doesn't always give us the details. But I was so excited. And this, I I don't think I told you this. When I looked at the young man and I said to him, you'll be able to pay it for one day, I could tell he had never considered that. Mm. And then it was like, now he's ignited. Mm -hmm. And hopefully he'll hold that memory. And when he has an Opportunity. opportunity, he'll pay it forward mm-hmm. to somebody else. We want to move promptly, but if we but if we have lived a life 
where we let our flesh rule mm-hmm. us, then we don't move prompt to the oh, Holy absolutely. Spirit. When we do what we want to do, when we get up when we want to get up, when we eat how we want to eat, when we say what we want to say, when we date who we want to date, when we live how we want to live, then when the Holy Spirit is trying to position us, we have no training yes. to be able to respond yes. quickly. Yes. So we want to respond quickly. Amen. And it, it, responding quickly is really our seed for what we want God to do in our life. Come on. None of us want God to move slowly on our behalf. But yet sometimes so often we are we are we are we find ourselves moving slow when the Holy Spirit asks us to do something. And so when you were telling me the story last night, that's the thing that I took from it, that I want to sow the same thing I expect from Holy Spirit. I want to be a quick prompt to do whatever he's asking me to do. I want I just I want to move quickly because when when you need a breakthrough, when you need favor, you want if God tells someone to favor you about a job, you want them to do it today, not Thursday when someone else already has the job. So we want to live in that way, and right? So one of the things we talked about last week then was these five hindrances to hearing that, God that, that, yes. that operate in our life to stop us from hearing God. Yes. And one of the things we said, we said that if you had a heart of unbelief, uh, that that would hinder you from hearing from God because that unbelief would always be echoing in your ear. Mm-hmm. Number two, we said an undeveloped spirit. You mm-hmm. talked about that this morning saying basically a, a malnourished or starved spirit mm-hmm. because we spend so much time focused on our flesh. We're not getting God's word into our lives so the Holy Spirit can resonate and talk to us through that. So we said a heart of unbelief, an undeveloped spirit. And then number three, we said a spirit of deafness. How do you get a spirit of deafness? By always tuning out the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it starts off on little things. You start off tuning out Holy Spirit on little things and then you get proficient in not hearing. In the same way you can get proficient Mm. in hearing, you can get proficient in not hearing. And when you get proficient in not hearing Holy Spirit, then you become deaf to the things of God. And then number four, we said if you had a callous conscience and we talked about it and we we actually as pastors get to talk to a lot of people who have callous conscience. They are so uh, upset or they're so mad at God. And I say all the time, I really don't understand how you're going to be mad at perfection. But people get mad at God because something didn't happen the way they wanted it to or something didn't happen as fast as they wanted to, or some man or woman of God gave somebody some timeline that something was supposed to happen and it didn't happen. And so now they don't believe the word no more. And all of these little things come and the enemy wants them to pile up. And what he's trying to do is just scab your your spiritual heart all over so that you become callous to the things of God. And if that happens, then you stop hearing what God is saying. Now we say at Fellowship of Champions all the time, God is always what? Speaking. God is always speaking. Always speaking. Always. He's always. Ne- he's never silent. That 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 crap that people say uh, that, that, that the teacher is silent during the test. No, no, no. During the test, God's screaming answers. The problem is you're not listening. You're not in the same frequency. But God is always speaking, and you ought to always want to be in a position to hear. Because if I need to, if I if I'm and I use a natural example, if I'm in, if I'm in an escape room, right, and I want to go through the escape room and, and figure out how to get out. Why would I not want to listen to somebody telling me exactly where to go? Well, that's what life is sometimes. Life's like an, ex- an escape room. All of these things are happening. I can't see around. I don't know all of these things. But if I love Holy Spirit and allow him to speak to me, he'll speak to me in the midst of the trial. The Holy Spirit just dropped this in my spirit. How do you know? How is one way? What is one way that you know you have these things that we are talking about right now? If your prayers are always about what you want God to do for you Mm -hmm. and never what you can do for the kingdom, Mm -hmm. 
If it's never about how you can serve, never about how you can give, never about how you can change, you're sitting in one of these spots. Yeah. It's one more. You yeah. have one more. Yeah. So, so we say a heart of unbelief, an undeveloped spirit, a spirit of deafness, a calloused heart. And then number five, we said if you had an attitude of neglect or a neglectful uh, attitude. So you neglect prayer, you neglect Bible study, you neglect fellowship, you neglect fellowship with the saints, you neglect. But I, but really, the Lord is just really impressing this on me. If you want to know, and, and this is just the mark of a relationship. If in our relationship, I always wanted to know what you could give me, but I never wanted to know what I could give you. I have a callous conscience towards yeah. you. And so when we are in this place where we are in this situation where we just don't serve. Mm -hmm. We don't serve. Mm -hmm. We don't want to know what we can do for God. We don't want to know how we can be a blessing to anybody. We're sitting in these things that hinder mm -hmm. us because God has given us some instructions. And what we are unwilling to do is to participate Absolutely. in those instructions. But then we're disappointed, right? Yep. We're disappointed when there are people who've been called to serve in ministries and they won't serve in ministries yep. and they're like, God, why won't you promote me? Because the thing I ask you to do, you're not interested in doing what mm -hmm. I'm asking you to do. Mm -hmm. And so we just want to be people who aren't hindered because this is so important when we get into what we're talking about today. My goodness, this is just so wonderful to me um, because we're talking about this is that children hear their father's voice. Mm -hmm. This is we're getting into part two now. All of that was all of that was recap. But, you know, at Fellowship of Champions, we don't despise repetitive, right. repetitive teaching. Children hear their father's voice. Absolutely. If you don't hear the father's voice, people get mad. But this is what the Bible says. The Bible says in Hebrews, it says, if you do not hear, if you cannot take correction, you are not a son. You are a bastard. That's the Bible. To be a bastard means you have not been fathered. Yep. Not that you don't have a father, yep. but that you have not been fathered. Yep. We have too many bastard children in the body of Christ mm. who are upset because God is not pouring out blessings on their lives, but they cannot accept correction. They cannot accept feedback and they aren't teachable. And they're living perpetual cycles of drama and trauma and stress and struggle because they refuse to be disciplined. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament and the New Testament that God is a good father and he corrects. Yes. One of the things I know about you is that as a father, you correct our children. The Bible says that he chastens or corrects those whom he loves. So if you have a father who allows their children to just do whatever they want to do, and if, if, if the kids may think it's love, but in reality, it's not love. Why? Because he's setting them up to, for failure in the future. Correct. You know, we're not talking about beating a kid. Come on. We, we ain't talking about uh, abuse. We're talking about correction. We're talking about pointing someone down a, a, a path that so that their life can be beneficial. We correct our kids because we love them, because we love them. So the same thing is true. The father corrects us. Why? Because he loves us. And so it says he's going to correct us because he loves us. Mm -hmm. Right. But then John 10 and 27, it says, my sheep, hear my voice. And I was listening to that. You, yep. you remember that song we used to do um, yep. for the kids? My sheep, hear my voice. And they listen, whatever. It was just so <laughs> cool because it was like, if you say you know God, 
but God can't tell you nothing but what you want to hear, then it says you're not a sheep because my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they will follow me. We were laughing in the I park. like the middle part though, if you really think about that. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. Now, I want, if, if he says, I know them, then there are some sheep, there are some sheep that are out there who think they are his sheep, but he don't know them. And he says, I know them, comma, how does he know them? They are what? Following me. So if you're not following him, even though you in the church, even though you calling yourself a sheep, you're not following him. And the reality is he don't know you. Now, listen, you you going to just get in my <laughs> wheelhouse right now because I just, I mean, we were talking about this yesterday. It's just different. You know, one of the roles of a prophet is that the prophet always wants to talk to the people about how they relate to God. One of the things the pastor's going to do is a pastor's also going to always going to make sure that the sheep okay. But the reality of it is, is that the Bible does tell us that there are going to be people in the last days. They're going to stand before the Lord. They're going to say, I did miracles in your name. I did all of this stuff. And he's going to say, depart from me. I did not know you. Yeah. I didn't know you. It is dangerous not to be known by God. Yes. And one of the ways that we can tell is that if you can't take correction, Ugh, if you don't hear God correct you, one of the listen, one of the best things in your life is not to hear God tell you how he go bless you. Mm. It is to hear God correct you. Yeah. Because if you can hear God correct you, you know you are a son. And here's the thing about when God speaks to us where correction is concerned, right? He's speaking to us in specific details. Mm -hmm. When God's correcting you, he's not just vague impression. It's not like a teacher who would punish the whole class because one person did something. Mm -hmm. God corrects us and teaches and talks to us in very specific detail. And that's why it's so hard to hide from Holy Spirit because when he begins to talk to you, he's talking to you about you. It ain't no innuendo. It ain't no thoughts. It ain't no guesses. It's about who you are. Like I, I, I said a couple of weeks ago or last week or something, when Holy Spirit told me I was prideful, even though my flesh wanted to reject all of that, I had to accept it as true at the time because he wouldn't have told me that if unless it was true, because all he can do is speak truth. Tell the truth so now, but let me give you a practical way. Go back to that scripture if you don't mind. Good, good. The scripture says it says um, it says my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Mm -hmm. Now, here is practically how we walk with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is where I, as a believer, ask the Holy Spirit. Do you know me? Mm. That that's the practical work right can't now. Lie. No, because see, instead of you just saying, I know he know me. This when you then turn around <laughs> and say, wait a minute. Yep. Excuse me. Holy Spirit. Do you know me? Do you know me? You, this is not where we assume and yes. we just decide we are known. We now ask him, wait a minute. I just read that my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Do you know me? Because mm. if you don't know me, I want to get saved right now. Yes, if right. you don't know me, right. I want to get saved right now. He may say, yeah, I know you, but you don't listen well. Yeah. Then now you want to be like, you know what? I need to put my listening ears on. Holy Spirit, do you know me? I know I keep talking about you, but do you actually know me? Is my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Do we actually have relationship? Yeah. Listen, I tell this story. It's one of my favorite stories to tell about this. It was when I preached at Dr. D.D.'s conference, and I was sitting by Michelle Williams of Destiny's Child. I sat by her at every session, right? And I look up over my phone, and she is actually texting Beyonce. And I have this revelation right here that out of all these facts I know about Beyonce, I only know of Beyonce. Right. She actually knows Beyonce. That's why her and Beyonce are texting, and me and Beyonce are not. 
There are people who know of Jesus, but you don't actually know mm. him. You know of the Holy Spirit, but you don't actually know him. Listen, it would be crazy for me to be out here acting like I know Beyonce because I sat by Michelle and she was texting her, mm -hmm. right? I need to know him for myself. Tell your neighbor you need to know him for yourself. You got to know him for yourself. You need to know him for yourself. You didn't you, happen to see Beyonce's number, did you? If I did, I wouldn't give it to you. <laughs> if, if I did, I wouldn't. Just, oh, just that's so we, fine. That's no, fine. Just I'm, so we, I'm just no, asking. Just so we clear. I'm just asking. Just so we I'm clear. If I knew it, I wouldn't give it to you. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> so let's talk about. Get on up out of here. <laughs> so let's talk about these prerequisites <laughs> for Ooh. hearing the voice of God. <laughs> see what I was about to say. The Holy Ghost told me not to say it. That's why I got to be here. I want you to pray. No, no, no. You didn't want me. Oh, child. Thanks. Okay, so the prerequisites to hearing the voice of God. Number one, if you're going to be able to hear God, you must be born again. You must you be born again. That. That's why you, you gotta ask him, do you know me? See, I really studied these books. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I really that. did. I appreciate that. You <laughs> must be born again. Listen, John 3 and 3 says, I tell you the truth, unless you are what? Born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You must be born again. If you're not born again, you don't even qualify for the kingdom. And that's, that's not to be harsh. It's just the way the system has been set up. And just because you go to church doesn't mean you're born again. Have you ever asked Jesus to come into your heart? Canaan was talking to me yesterday and she was asking me to explain the difference between mm -hmm. some different denominations and some things that maybe people identify as cults or whatever. And I said to her, here's a very, very important question that you need to ask anytime you're talking to someone who says that they love Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people love Jesus as a prophet. A lot of people love Jesus as a historical figure. A lot of people love Jesus as a good man. What you want to know when when you're talking to someone, you want to ascertain whether they are a believer. You want to know, do they believe that he is the only begotten son of God? And the only who, way to the And the, the only way to the father. Yes. You must be born again. And I want to tell you, some of y'all are trying to be so inclusive in your inclusivity, you are going to be responsible for not giving people the truth that would allow them to be reconciled to God. Because what you say is, there are many paths, not according to the word of God. According to the word of there God, may be there are many paths to get to Jesus, but there's but, only one way to get to the father. And that's that through is through Jesus. the Lord Jesus yes, Christ. Right. That is through the Lord Jesus so Christ. You must, you must be, be born, born again. again. So then we read in 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says, but people who are spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. Uh, it says it also people who, aren't uh, people who aren't, I'm sorry, people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it for only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means or what the spirit is saying. You must be born again. And the truth of it is that that is the reason people, once people are born again, mm -hmm. even though they're born again, they're not spirit filled and they're not spiritual. Right. And that is the reason that when God gives them instructions like tithing, it seems mm -hmm. foolish. When God gives them instructions like fasting and obedience, it seems foolish. Why? Because they are they are not spiritual, so they cannot receive truth. Hear me. I do not care how intelligent you are. Right. I do not care what seminary you have gone right. to. I do not care how much Greek and Hebrew you know. If you are not born again and filled with the Spirit of God, you cannot receive the truth. You can receive facts and you can receive information, but truth comes from the Holy Ghost. Because regeneration happened instantaneously, but discipleship is over time. Say it again. Regeneration 
happens instantaneously. But discipleship happens over time. And that's why you got to spend time in the word. You have to you have when you, when you when you when you give your life to Christ, you are saved at that moment. But you still know all the wretched stuff you ever knew. You, you still don't know how to operate in the kingdom like you didn't know how to operate in the kingdom before you said, Lord, save me. But over time, Holy Spirit would do what? Teach you. He will teach you all of those things. He will lead you. He will guide you. Uh, you know, he will he will he will instruct you on the ways that you should go and shouldn't go, how you should behave, what you should and shouldn't do. And it does. And the Holy Spirit doesn't come in and make you a new person. What he comes in and does is make you a better person. He takes out all of the stuff that really has been hindering you from living your best life anyway. If you allow me, if you allow him to give those things up. And so maybe one of the problems that we see in the kingdom of God, the reason we sometimes can't tell believers from non-believers is that, yes, you've accepted Jesus, but you haven't submitted to discipleship. You've been regenerated, but you ain't been discipled. But you haven't been discipled. And, and, and it's a dangerous thing not to be discipled because we say this all the time that as an adult. As an adult, you can't disciple someone without their permission. Absolutely. And so there are many believers that will not allow someone to disciple them. And every time someone gives them an instruction that they don't agree with, they push back on that instruction. And if that's you, that gets us into point two. Yep. Number one, you must be born again. But number two, you must be a person of meekness. Mm -hmm. You must have some humility, not false humility, where you're saying that you are less than you are. But here's a great example of humility. Jesus, when he was 12 years old, was still under the rule of Mary and Joseph. Yep. He was sitting in the temple because he had not gone back with them. And they came and told him they had, he had to come home. He got up and he went home. Even though at that point at 12 years old, he knew more than all of them yep. put together, yep. but he still submitted. And there are many people because you are gifted, because you are talented. But let me be honest, because you are prideful, you do not operate in meekness and you will not let anyone teach you mm -hmm. anything. Psalms 25 and 9 in the New Living Translation, it says he leads the humble in the in doing right, teaching them his way. So he wants to teach us, mm -hmm. but if I'm not teachable, if I'm not humble, he can't teach me because every time it's like this, you know, like, you know, this because you were actually a classroom teacher, but there are times when you're trying to even help our kids with something and they'll say to you, what? I know, I know. Mm -hmm. Well, if you knew you could do it, mm -hmm. the fact that you can't do it shows that you don't know. Yeah. And there will literally be people who reach out to us whose life is in utter chaos and we will give them an instruction and they will tell us that they know, but you're not doing it. And if you, because it shows that you don't have because unteachable because you are unteachable uh, and you can call it uncoachable or unteachable. But what it means is you, you will not pump the brakes and admit that there's something that you need help with because you see as needing help or needing instruction or needing understanding as some weakness. And that's why you don't do it. So when he talks about being 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 meek, he's really talking about a person who can receive leadership. Can you receive leadership from Holy Spirit? Can you receive leadership? If you know, if you if everything in you tells you you're supposed to go left, but Holy Spirit says go right. Can you be teachable enough to submit to that leadership? Can you? Because if you can, then that's when he says you're meek. Meek doesn't have anything to do with somebody letting somebody run over you. It doesn't have anything to do with you being lowly. It has everything to do with you being teachable. And and, and you shared that example. Even in that moment, Jesus himself, Jesus, Jesus. was teachable. Jesus was teachable. And think about this, because the Bible tells us in Ephesians that he's given us the fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints. Part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to plant you in a church with fivefold leadership yep. that can teach yep. you, that can correct you. Listen, I want y'all to hear me. A lot of people want to be preached to. They don't want to be discipled. Yeah. 
They want to be preached to. Yeah. They don't want to be discipled. Yeah. But Psalms 25 in the Passion, it says, keep showing the humble your path. Mm -hmm. Lead them into the best decision. So the Holy Spirit wants to lead me into the best decision. Bring revelation light that trains me in truth. Mm -hmm. I have to be trained yes. in truth. Yes. Here's a good example. I run my own business. Mm -hmm. I'm a sole proprietor. I run my own business, right? One of the things that you are extremely good at is processes and working through details. Mm -hmm. If I come and ask you something about my business because I'm having a hiccup, even though you're not an entrepreneur, I recognize your genius in this particular area about walking through processes and stuff like this. I can be getting ready to do something one way and you can begin to walk me through why you don't think that makes the most sense and it's not as productive. Now I got to be meek and humble myself mm -hmm. and follow the instruction that you said. Yeah. And here is the beautiful thing about working with God. If you humble yourself, now hear me, I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about letting your leadership lead you in the scene, right? But if you submit yourself to a leader, and let's say you were getting ready to go out and start a ministry, but your pastor, your apostle, your prophet tells you that they don't believe it's time for you to go. Please hear me. If you will obey God in submitting to that place that you are in, when it's time for you to go, he will accelerate yep. you. He will accelerate you. But again, wisdom, what did we say earlier? That wisdom will make you recognize the timing of God. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we want to go faster than it's time for us to go. And we miss the lessons that we should have gotten that would have helped us sustain. Well, that's why understanding the, what, what the three parts of meekness is so important. Yes. Because one of the things it talks about is the fact that self-control or slowness to take offense is a part of that. Yes. So if I ask, my, so if I, if I go to Pastor Tony and say, Pastor Tony, I believe this is what the Lord has said to me. And the thing Remember now, I'm going to Pastor Tony because I don't know. Because I don't know. I'm, I, that's why I'm seeking his advice. That's why I'm seeking his leadership. So I'm saying, Pastor Tony, this particular thing is going on, blah, blah, blah. And he says something different that I may have been kind of contemplating. Well, I got to be careful. I got to display meekness because now I can't be uh, upset or take offense because maybe he said it's not the time yet. Yes. And I really want to say this again, because I know that many people have been abused in churches. I'm not talking about sin or abuse. That's, I mean, listen, you don't have to be abused by anybody, but I'm talking about just like you said right there. If we said, okay, do you think it's the right time for us to buy a building? Here are the facts. And he says, go forth with the building. Right. Now we go forth in faith based on the word of God that we believe that our man of God got from us because they hear from God. Right. Yep. And then, so you want to be self, self-control and then you want to be humble. You want to be humble. You want to be humble. That 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 means you don't want to think lower of yourself than you ought to. But you don't want to think you know every dog thing. Either. You don't know everything. My goodness, you, you don't, don't know, know everything. everything. You know, and when I be honest, one of the things I can't stand is when you're having a conversation and the people you're talking to, they always an expert on everything. How are you an expert in everything? You an expert in nuclear physics. You you an expert in the medical field. You an expert in politics. You you just know everything. Sometimes you don't know everything, but you have to pump yourself up to make it like you know everything. Sometimes, the you know, we say this all the time. When we go into a room with people who are doing what we would like to do or have done what we would like to do, we don't say a whole bunch. We don't. We sit and be quiet and listen because that ain't the time to come in and pontificate about all that you've done when they've when they far exceeded you. It's the opportunity to listen and not try to show off and, and, and show what you know. We do that to Holy Spirit sometimes. Holy Spirit tell us something and we tell Holy Spirit about all of our education. About how many opportunities we have, how much we how we can network and do something. No, you need to be slow to, to, to take an offense and you need to be humble. 
Well, and I was thinking about this. When we sit with our spiritual kids, we talk a lot. Right. Because it's our job to pour into right. them. When we sit with our spiritual parents, we don't talk a lot. That's right. And some of you need to learn when you're supposed to be talking and when you're not. And when you're sitting in the space with people who have done what you want to do, people you're trying to follow after through faith and patience, this ain't the time to be rehearsing your story. <laughs> need this, you just sit yo. That's right. Sit, sit yourself yo. down. Sit yourself and down and be quiet and listen. That is a mark of humility. This is, I have watched people. We, you know, I, tra I travel a lot when we're not in the pandemic and I have watched people. We're sitting in the room with literal giants in the kingdom. People who have done things that we've only dreamed about. And it's some young hotshot preacher who run in their mouth the whole time. And then we like, be quiet. You literally have 60, 70 years of wisdom here. And you talking about the 32 years of what you know. And most of that is wrong. Be quiet. Yes. And I'm just telling you this. Because about if me. you'll be quiet and help you with number three, you can be teachable. 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 Man, I'm trying to learn from everybody. I'm like, you know, you can be teachable. And there's so many people. And I want I say this all the time because I think this is important. Not all teachable people, not all non-teachable people are talking back. Right. Not all you non in your heart. You can be shaking your head the whole time knowing you have no intention of following any instructions. I know some stubborn people who literally they're never going to say anything disrespectful to either one of us. The whole time we talking, they like, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in their heart, they know that going yep. well. They're not about to do anything that they've been instructed to do. They are saying do. it in their mind. In their why mind. you talking to why them? You talk, they, yep. Why are you talking to them? Yep. They're like, child, please. I'm not going to do that. They and don't you, know what they're talking get, about. You get people, you know, in our situation, you get people who literally you have helped, you have worked, you have walked through, but then they come for advice and you try to tell them what, what, what you know. And they say, well, I don't think that's right. Well, then why you come and ask? Why did you even come and ask me if you already had decided what you was going to do? But it's because they don't operate in meekness. They have no teachability about them. I'm going to give y'all a hint and I, I, I probably shouldn't give, but it'll help some of y'all. If you ever say anything to me and I give you feedback or you say anything and you post something and I give you feedback and you push back on me and I say, oh, OK. okay. If I ever type all OK to you, if you are ever talking to me and I say all OK, here's what I just told you. I don't cast my pearl before swine. Yep. You are not in a place to be taught and I'm not going to wrestle with you and injure myself and stress myself out trying to help you. I or or if I say go forth. Yep. If I ever say oh, okay or go forth. What I just say, what I'm just telling you mine is, is you, okay sis and I don't care what your gender is. I say okay sis. Okay sis. Okay. <laughs> I don't sis. care. I don't care what your gender is. If I say okay sis to you, I have disengaged from the process because you have shown me that you are no longer teachable. And, and the job of pastors and fivefold leadership is not to wrestle you down to get you to take truth. That's right. So I'll be like, oh, okay, you grown. Go okay, forth. Sis. Okay, go <laughs> forth. And I want you to know that. And some of y'all are thinking about conversations going right now. You you thought we agreed with you. Mm -hmm. No, nope. nope. we just realized you weren't teachable. That's right. We just realized that you weren't teachable. Okay, keep going. And then because you're not teachable, you're not able to do number three, which is that you must display faithfulness. If you are going to hear from God, you got to display some faithfulness. Don't 
Don't let your senses guide you. Mm -hmm. Don't be led by your emotions. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians five and seven. And it says in many other places, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to be faithful, then I got to be as consistent. And here's the thing that, 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 I, that I just have to work with people on. When things are going good, people love the Lord so much, they can't say nothing but good stuff about it. And they love and, us. And they love us. And they love but us. the moment something goes wrong, now they don't love God no more. And, and, and now we, 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 we charlatans and now we this and we that. It's like you got to get out of your emotions. You got to allow the word to lead you because that's where the consistency comes from. Listen, I don't care who you are. Your emotions are fickle. Yes. Your emotions. Are, you can be happy uh, at 8 a.m. and be mad at 10 a.m. You can be sad at noon and then be ecstatic again at two. You're you having a range of emotions that just fluctuate. But you know what doesn't change? The, the word. word. What don't change? The word. The word. So I got to be a person of faithfulness. And the only way I can do that is by functioning by the word. So that's number three. And I want to say this because I feel like you need to hear this. There have been there are people right here. You're really, really smart. And I want you to hear this because I believe this from the Holy Spirit. You're really, really smart. And you have wondered why you haven't been able to be promoted or successful on your job. Mm. Your team does not. Your leadership does not see you as teachable. Mm. Your leadership sees you as a know-it-all. Yep. And you need to understand this, that we would rather have someone who not as smart smart as you who can follow instructions than someone who is super smart with all the potential but can't be taught and, and willing to learn and willing to learn yes. and, and and many of you you sit in the arrogance oh yes holy ghost you sit in the arrogance of believing that you know better than your leadership mm -hmm. in work and in church you think you know how to do everything better and the truth of it is whoever i'm speaking to you you think that you know how to do everything better but your life doesn't reflect it your life is actually in a pretty shambles state but you know what everybody else should be doing that's the mark that you don't have humility mm -hmm. that's the mark that you aren't teachable mm -hmm. that's the mark that you are in this situation and it's not that you're not intelligent and it's not that you're not capable it is because you are not teachable and you think you know more than what you know. We say this to our kids all the time. If you know it, do it. Well, I love the fact that people can look at, I always think of it this way. If I look at somebody doing a job and it looks easy, I know that they must be either gifted or working hard or both. Yes. Because if they're making it look easy and I go, oh, I can do that. Well, then if, if I'm seeing that, it's because they are really gifted in that area or they are working hard or in many cases, they're doing both. They're doing both. So when people look and go, oh, well, I could pastor, I could do a better job than that. Go out there and get you a church then. And, and I, you know, and, and I love, out. I love that people sometimes think that pastoring is just preaching. This is the least of what happens for us this doing the least. The what we do right here for this 90 minutes is the least of what happens and what we have to deal with through the week. Most folks, honestly, if you ain't called to do it, you would absolutely quit because the people sometimes can make it difficult. Listen, our kids, one, our 14 year old said to me the other day as we were fielding calls and working all that stuff, yep. she said, I don't know how you do this. She said, I wouldn't do all this. Cause, Cause she not called to it. That doesn't mean she may not be called not, to it one day, point. but she not called to right. it now. She like, listen, I don't know why you be doing all this stuff with these people. I would tell these people, I preach you on Sunday, go figure it out, right? <laughs> but the truth of it is, and I and you guys need to hear this because you need to hear this because many of you, you you have the wrong idea about what leadership is, and you and 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 and, and what I'm hearing very clearly, this is not just about church, but it impacts you in church. 
you have the wrong idea. You think you can do your job better than your boss, mm. but you can't even manage well the two people who are underneath you. Mm. But you think that you could manage the whole team. And I'll never forget when you were a principal at McNair and you used to say this every time a parent would come in and a parent would be talking about what was best for their kid. And you would say, you want me to do what's best for your kid without considering that I am responsible for how Seven, 700 other kids for 700 other kids. Yep. And many people, when you're sitting and here's the thing, the Bible actually tells us. I used to tell them, I said, listen, you got a 300 feet, a 300 feet view. I'm operating at 30,000 feet. So at 30,000 feet, my view is different than yours. So I understand why at 300 feet you want me to do this. But if I could elevate you to my sight of how I have to look at this, you would see why I can't do that. And it's not to say I was better. I'm saying that sometimes you're looking at things from a, from one level, but leadership's looking at it from another level. That's like people who say, well, why, why are we haven't gone back uh, to church yet? Other church have. And I have to say to people, we got one way in and one way out of our church. Other people got multiple ways in. We can't do what they do. But because you're just looking at it as I want to go back to church, you're not considering all the other things, you know. And I'll just be honest, because since we clearly out here talking and, and helping people grow up, <laughs> that many of the people who say that they want to come back to church don't even come faithfully. And so, I, you, so you want to come back for two Sundays to then go on vacation <laughs> for four. So, so I'm just going to tell you, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I'm, I'm all in the zone today. So I'm just going to tell you, you want to come back to church because you're going to miss us for three Sundays. You go come back for three Sundays and then you're going to go back to your regular life. And we're going to be here trying to make sure everything is sanitized <laughs> and everybody is taken care of. And, I, and so, and, and so again, when you look from your 300 page view, because here's the reality, I want to tell you this. If you're not faithful enough in your own house, in your own house where you can sit in your underwear and watch church, if you can't get online from your own house, we don't include your viewing when we should come back to the building. Mm. <laughs> because again, you looking at 300 view. What you really mean is that you don't, you too lazy to click between Chris broadcast and ours in order to be able to worship and in order to be able to hear the, the word. Mm. Do with it what you want. And number four, do with it what you want. <laughs> you need to spend time in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You do. And if you, you need spend to spend time, time in fellowship, fellowship with, with the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, then you wouldn't be. Oh, wait, I ain't done with that. Okay. And the truth <laughs> of it is that many of you, you really need to learn to sit down and be taught because what you want to do is you want to come to church and shout and run around and holler out. And then you get them emotional highs, but you mm. go back and you live that same raggedy mm. life. You're not missing the word. You're not missing fellowship. You're missing your high. And you need to stop being an addict to church and learn how to live by the word so your life can quit being raggedy okay amen now i'm done amen. We go to you need to spend time in fellowship with the holy spirit <laughs> all right you need to spend time and if you spent time with the holy spirit i wouldn't have had to just say that's that. right. how about that? that's right want to go to number five number five all right you must, <laughs> you must walk, walk in, in quietness. quietness come on talk about it walk in quietness don't listen to the cares of this world First Peter five and seven, it says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, mm -hmm. casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Due time is what people have a problem with. Due time. Yeah. He says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Why? So that he may exalt you in due time. So if I if I desire to be at a particular level and I'm not there yet and I know that I'm honoring and trusting God, I'm not going to be frustrated with God because he promises me that he will exalt me when in, in due, due time. time. So if I need to be on a national stage, he'll exalt me when? In, in due, due time. time. If I need to move to a new city, he will allow me to do that and exalt me in, in that when? win. In, in due, due time. time. In due time. So it's important that you learn to humble yourself. When we say humble yourself, that means literally saying to yourself, God knows best.
God knows best. God knows best. So if God wants this for me, it's what I want for me. It's what I want if for me. If God doesn't want that for me, it's, it's not, not what, what I, I want. want. It's not what I want. So if I'm going to hear and be led by the spirit of God, here's what I got to practice doing. I got to practice walking in quietness. And then number six, which we're we not going to spend a lot of time on this. You need to listen to last week's, the two weeks to go teaching on Wednesday and last week's teaching. You must do what? Walk in love. Now, I'm going to take a book out of your page when I talk Go about ahead. this right here. Many of you think walking in love means people supposed to rub you on your back. Yep. And in truth, sometimes people need to tell you to grow up. And in truth, the reason that many of us are 40 and 50 and still don't have any discipline in the things of God is because people rubbed us on the back yep. instead of telling us to grow yep. up. You need to learn how to walk by faith. You need to learn how to close the door to sin. You need to learn how to do what God is telling you and be consistent. And until you learn to do that, you're going to be frustrated because you cannot prophesy and declare your way out of obedience. Yeah. You can't say it enough. So you need to learn how you need to understand that love. It is not this good feeling all the time. Right. Love is a choice. You and I, we have committed to love each other forever. Yep. That doesn't mean that, well, now we like each other all the time, but yep. we didn't always like each right. other all no, the that's time, true. right? That's true. But that doesn't mean that it's always rose petals and tulips. Yeah. Sometimes it means that we got to get down and have a crucial conversation about how we're going to get something done. But right? I can have that crucial conversation and I can have it in a place where I know I'm safe because I know you love me. I do know. So, I do so, love so, so when it comes to, to God chastening me, when, when he has to correct me, I don't have to run from him because I know he loves me. Amen. And that's, that, that is the thing that Pastor Ralph was talking about it's what I got out of what he was saying the last two weeks is that here's what understanding when we talk about the love of God, it's about understanding who God is and his character, how much he loves us. And that if he loves us that much, just because he has to correct us or he has to lead us down a different path, doesn't mean he's throwing us away. I love that. So, Can you know, I add something? sure. And what I would like to add is that some of you need to do the work of healing. Because the reason you can't take correction right. is because you only believe that you are loved when people agree with you. And, that, and, 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 and because, you know, you was laughing the other day, you was like, man, you, you, you and Chris, y'all really are pastors. Oh, y'all pastors. Well, you know, and that's, that's, that's the, that's the ministry gift that we operate in, in the fivefold ministry, right? Pastor Raph does the same thing. You know, there are other people. On the three y'all are pastors. There are other people who are, who are evangelists. Uh, you operate in the prophetic, you know, uh, I sometimes tend to fluctuate over in the apostolic, the apostolic area. But my point of that is, is that as a pastor, Oftentimes, what you're trying to do is you're trying to really coax and help people to understand um, God's love for them or why they're doing the thing they did, why they shouldn't be doing. A, a prophet going to come in and kind of just cut you. They, they just gonna kind of cut you, and if you bleed a little bit, you bleed a little bit. The question is, did we did we did we, did we get the infection did, did out? The infection That's all out? I want to know. Did right. we get did the we infection, get the infection out? out? And so sometimes you have to have a prophet come and cut you and get the infection out because you are not being humble to the things of God. <laughs> all right. So number seven, you must be open to His direction. Yep. Gotta be. You open. must be open to His direction. Yep. If the Holy Spirit can't tell you anything, you can't get your best life. Yep. You must be open to his direction. Don't be set in your ways. Mm. Don't be set in your ways. I've always done it this way and you always been broke. Mm -hmm. I've always done it this way and I've always been caught up in sin. I've always done it this way and I've always been sick. 
your way isn't working. Mm -hmm. Don't be set in your ways. And sometimes your way worked for then, but it doesn't work mm -hmm. for now, mm -hmm. right? Because God doesn't change. He's the same, but we have different things, different dispensations. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes to every time there is a season, there's a season. So if you're setting your ways, you're going to miss your moment, right? And don't become rigid to the things of God. Yes. Because, you know, I mean, think about it. We say this all the time. What if Abraham had been rigid? To the things of God, no matter no matter God saying, "Hold on, there's a, there's a ram in the bush." He'd have killed his son anyway because he said, "Nope." When we started up on the mountain, you told me I was going to sacrifice him, so I don't care if there's a ram in the bush. I'm about to stab him, but he didn't do that. He was open to God's direction, and so then God he been made, then he would have been offended when God didn't raise him back up again. So for those of you who are saying, "Well, God told me X," I'm not saying he didn't, but what is God saying now? Don't miss what God said. Don't mess with God is saying, based focus on, on what God said, yes. because a word can change based on a season. Because, again, when you talk about God having a 30,000 view and we having a 300 view foot view, he can see all these things. Well, we can't a prime see. example. A friend of ours said that about a year or so ago, they wanted to sell their house and God said, don't sell it. So they didn't sell their house. Well, less than a year later, God tells them to sell their house. And you kind of go sell my house in the pandemic. But when he told them to sell their house, the house would had, had, had like almost, I mean, went up several hundred thousand, several thousands of dollars. And they end up selling it for thousands of dollars over the asking price. But if they had sold their house a year or so ago, they may not have even got asking. So wisdom will teach you timing. Yes. Wisdom will teach you timing. Yes. And if you are not open to his direction, you will miss the timing of God. And this is just, I mean, and you don't have to beat yourself up when you see these things. There are some some things that God tells us is very important to understand this, that they have a window to act. Yes. There are things that God tells us that have a window to act. Yes. So sometimes we're trying to go back and get what we missed in the mm. window to act and not understanding that God has another way to get us there. So for example, maybe God told you, here's a good example. Maybe God told you seven years ago to get your coaching certification and you didn't do it. And now you're like, I should go back and do it. But is that what he's saying now? Right. Because he may have a different path to get you there now. And we'll be trying to go back and get something God said to us 10 years ago while ignoring the thing yep. that God is telling us right now. Which is why I love of Proverbs 16 and 9 in the Amplified version. Look at what it says. Proverbs 16 and 9 in the Amplified says, a man's heart devises his way, but what? But, but the Lord directs his steps. So I can I can have something in my heart and have a plan for how to do something. You know, when we was talking about the reopening plan, we, we can go out and figure out with some intelligent people all the things we should do, but we need God to breathe on that. Because just because we devised the plan, we still need the Lord to direct the steps of it. And I think a lot of times what people think is, is just because I've devised the plan, that's the way I should go. And, and God a, should bless and God it because bless. that's the thing I want. But there's many times I've devised the plan and Holy Spirit said, that ain't how I want to do it. I tear that plan up. Why? Because that plan is not important anymore. And I think that's one thing we've really learned as we wrap up here. We got yeah. one more point, but as we wrap up, one of the things oh, we, we really learn, oh, we'll stop yeah. here. Yeah. One of the things we've really learned and we really live our life by this. When we tell you that we've learned not to want anything except God, what God wants yep. for us, we literally, whether it's a car, a house, a, a purse, 
even a vacation. Literally, one of the things we ask God is where you want us to go on vacation this year. Because wherever you want us to go vacation, that's where the favor is. We want to go. We could have a good time. We divided the plan. We divided the plan. We want the steps to be ordered by the Lord. And and, and some of you, if you would just make this decision to follow instructions. And and, and I want to hear. I want you to hear this. There are things that God asks us to do that you don't want to do in your flesh. Mm -hmm. There are things that God is going to ask you, but God is not looking to satisfy your flesh. He is looking to fulfill his kingdom. Mm -hmm. So there may be times you have to stay at a job when he's telling you not to Mm -hmm. stay, when he's telling you to stay and you want to leave because he wants to teach you something. There may be other times you love your job and he's telling you to leave. Mm. There may be times that you love your house, but he's telling you to sell. There may be times you're standing on the lot with an approval for a car and he tells you to walk away you have to be pliable to god because he sees everything and you only see what you mm-hmm. see and we have just pastored so many you people. got a three foot view he got a three billion foot view. no real talk <laughs> real talk and and we have just lived long enough in our own experiences we i was thinking about this the other day i was so incredibly thankful i was just thinking about when god First started to show, and you know that in the beginning, this vision of the work I do now, I couldn't have named it. I didn't know what it was. God just kept showing me steps and showing me steps and showing me steps. And the last Friday night when I got off my class and all of those people were having breakthroughs, I literally just sat at my desk and cried and thanked the Lord Mm -hmm. because I never could have done that on my own. And I never could have imagined how many people would get the breakthroughs and how much joy it would give me to do that work. Mm -hmm. But he knew. But I just had to keep taking step by step by step. Guys, I can't tell you how many times I sat down with a plan and said, this is what I'm going to do the next three months of my business. And the night before I was going to launch something, the Holy Spirit said, don't do that. I remember particularly, and I don't know if it was the 30 days of healing or 30 days of it was 30 days of healing. 30 days of healing. That you had had this whole plan. You had talked to me about what you were going to do. And you said the Lord told you don't do anything with your business and for 30 days to teach healing. To teach healing. And, and of course, I'm like, hey, if that's what the Lord told you, what am I supposed to say? You know, but you was like, well, does that make sense to you? If God said it, it makes sense. And so you did that. And then as a result, he literally came back and just accelerated your he, business. He did what? He, he did what you couldn't have done in a year. He did what I couldn't have done in a year. Because I was willing to be pliable. And that is what's so different about being a kingdom citizen over just being a Christian. And I say this all the time when I'm talking about people who want kingdom, who want to be kingdom millionaires. You can get ready to give. You know, we have the many ways to give here. And let me say this too, while you you give it, don't lose your turn of thought. If you haven't shared this yet, please do. I don't know how many shares. I can't see them over there. But let's try to get to 100 shares again. If you haven't shared the broadcast, share it. You can share it to your story. You can share it to your page. And if you're a part of a group, you can share to that's at least three shares for you so try to share to the group uh if you possibly can i see that we've got uh about 85 83 uh people who have liked if you haven't liked the broadcast you came in late go ahead and like it and share it we want this to reach another ten thousand people again this week oh i love that i love that i just i i really want y'all to get my to get our hearts on this let me let listen um, what was I saying? You told me that was my train of thought, but you, I was listening to you. I, I can't be acting. Listen, but anyway, it's that whole point about when God tells you to do something and you, it doesn't necessarily make sense to you, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily make sense to you. This is about the difference between being a Christian and being a kingdom citizen. Mm-hmm. Christians want God to bless their stuff. Mm. 
Christians say, God, I love you, but I want you to bless my business. I want a promotion. I want to live in this city. I want this boat. I want this vacation. People who have aligned to the kingdom say everything I have is yours. Mm -hmm. So while I may on paper for the purposes of the government, be the CEO of my business. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit is the CEO of my yes. business. Yes. So even though a part of my business is to teach about business, if the Holy Spirit says for the next 90 days, you're only teaching deliverance, then for the next 90 days, I'm only teaching deliverance. Yes. And one of the things that the Lord told me, and this is going to bless some of y'all. He told me this. He says, Sean, your business is just a cover for kingdom work. Mm. He says, as long as you do my work, I'll cause your business to prosper. Mm. And many of us are struggling because we're trying to get God to, we're trying to force God to prosper what we want instead of stepping into the prosperity he's already mm. provided. And when I look at, even when I work with coaches and babe, you know this to be true. Coaches who are experts at what I do say they don't understand how I've done some yeah, of the things yeah. that I've done with no ads, without yeah. 10 thousands yeah. of followers. It is literally because step by step, I'm like, God, what do you want to do with this business? Yeah. What do you want me to teach strategies for success this month? What product do you want me and, to release? And here's the thing that people have to understand. It doesn't have to make any sense to anybody as long as you're following God. Now, I'm not saying you just be out there doing wacky, kooky stuff. But that's so, why you start with the word. That's, that's why the you start with the word. But when you are following God, everybody doesn't have to be clapping and applauding in your direction in order for you to be doing what God's told you to do. Most people who, who understand business would probably have said, if they could, if they had a time to look back, they will, everything you're doing is not the way you ought to do business to grow a business, especially a business where you are an entrepreneur and you're doing this yourself. You need to be doing ads. You need to be having strategies. You need to be doing this, talking about this. Don't be talking about God. Don't be saying Lord. Don't be saying Jesus. But like, I love when you talk to your strategy people and you say, I, if, if your suggestion for me is that I don't say God, I don't say Jesus, I don't say Lord, I don't say Holy Spirit. I'm not interested in your strategy. I'm not interested in your strategies. Right. And, and this is so important. Like e even when I'm getting ready and this is very different from a natural business, when I am getting close to breaking a barrier, I literally will not press in to sell anything because I never want to sell from manipulation. Mm -hmm. When I'm getting ready to break right, a barrier, right. I literally will pull back because I don't need to manipulate anybody to get them. If I'm going to break the goal this month, then God already knows who needs to move and they're going to move, yep. right? That's a very different yep. way from doing business than the world is doing, Absolutely. right? So we just want to say to you, listen, if you've been blessed today, number one, if you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, please. you should do that. That's number please. one. You must be born please. again. If you're in a backslid state, please come home. Come home. Quit out there living, eating out the pig pen. The doors are open. Oh, come home. Come, come home. home. Quit fooling with sin and come on home, right? If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, tell him right now, I need to be filled. I need to be filled in a way that I know I'm filled. I need to know that I am filled. I need to be able to hear your voice. And then if you were blessed by this message today, and I know you were because you stayed on the whole time. If you were blessed by this message, sow your seed today. 
sow your seed today, right? Yep. And I am really praying, especially for the entrepreneurs, that the same grace that's on my life will be on your life. Amen. That literally God will give you supernatural strategies that even when they do not make sense to you or the world, that they will cause you to prosper. Because I believe that what God wants to do in the life of many of us, especially entrepreneurs, he wants to do something in our life that literally when we testify, we can only say God did. Amen. It's not their plan. It's not our pictures. It's, it's that literally God breathed on it. So when you guys are sowing your seed today, I want you to sow your seed and ask God for the wisdom that he, the wisdom he's already breathed on, mm -hmm. the wisdom, the strategies that he's already breathed on, right? So we praying for you today. Um, And I don't have our, do you have it? Uh, I do have it. Yes. So we want to do it's our on the screen right there. We want to do our confession this morning. And so everybody make this confession and set your heart to believe this. Dear Heavenly Father, as disciples of the living God, we honor you today mm -hmm. by giving our tithes, offerings, and gifts to be used in the fulfilling of the Great Commission. Amen. In return of our cheerful, cheerful. obedience, we are believing you for jobs and better jobs raises and bonuses yes. benefits sales and commissions yes. favorable settlements mm -hmm. estates and inheritance interest. interest and income rebates and return big, big checks in the mail gifts and surprises finding money debts paid off expenses decrease blessing and increase Thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, shower, you will shower favor, favor yes, blessing, and increase, increase so that I have more than enough to give it to the kingdom of God yes. and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes. Hallelujah. I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I'm and a because tither. I'm a giver, yep. I'm a receiver. Yes. I want to challenge some of you today. Some of you today, as we were teaching, you heard instructions that God brought back to you. Mm-hmm. Pick them up and do them. Yes. There are things, you know, there were things God talked to people about their diet. He talked to people about water. He talked to people about their attitude at work, their attitude at home, about their fitness, about their business. What we need you to do is that now you have heard from the Lord, confer no longer with flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. Do what he's telling you to do. Yes. And I'm telling you, if you will do what God is telling you to do, you will get to the end of this year. And you will say, nobody but God did what you nobody, but, nobody God. but God. Nobody could have orchestrated. One of our one of my friends says he's a quilter. Mm. There are some things your obedience is going to quilt together for you. Like you that. don't even understand how those patches, they look like rags. You don't even understand how they're going to make a whole how they're going to make a whole quilt. But if you will just do what he's telling you to do, mm. let him quilt in your life. So if you want to give today, you can give at GiveLify, PushPay, Tithely, or you can text to give at 833-969-0897 or at PayPal at focchurchnwa at gmail.com. If this ministry has been a blessing to you today, we ask you to send us a message. Let us know how we've been a blessing to you. We ask you to share this broadcast. We ask you to become a virtual partner and we ask you to be a giver and partner with us so we can give away another $60,000. Don't forget to put a demand on that return. Put a demand on the return. If you've sown into this ministry, you are a part of the reason we've been able to do what we've been able to do over the course of the last six months. And uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, May is shaping up to be uh, another month just like 
the other six. And I'm glad we've been able to help. I'm glad we've been in a position to do what we've done. We've helped people in the church, outside the church. We've helped people we've known, people we didn't know. We've given to, to area uh, food uh, pantries. Uh, this helped countless number of people. And so we're going to continue to do the work of the kingdom. We're going to continue as, as long as God is, is, is doing his part, we're going to do ours. Amen. And we want to just celebrate all of our partners, all of you who stick with us, even when the teaching is an hour and 45 minutes that you just stick <laughs> because you're hungry. And we literally release the blessing of God over your life. Amen. We release the blessing of God, the same favor that's on yes. our life, the same wisdom that's on our life, the same increase that's on our life, the same divine protection that's on our life. Um, we release that on your life and we thank you for your partnership. We thank you for your love. We thank you for being connected to us and we look forward to what God is going to do Amen. for the rest of this year. Yep. This is a five to one season. Five to one. This is the year of release. The year of release. Take it all. A season of great harvest. Take it all. Take it all. We were so glad to have Miguel and Kristen here today. Yes. And we're so excited. We, we're going to go. <laughs> Come on, Chris. I knew she was going to run up here. <laughs> Valley never gonna get on camera. Hey! Oh, are you really coming? <laughs> <laughs> somebody get a picture. Hold on, somebody get a picture. I know somebody I got that. Somebody, I know somebody I got know. that. I know. Look the right camera. there. Look That's at the camera. The camera. Come, come back. Come back. Right here. Look at the camera. The camera's right there. Somebody get a picture. <laughs> somebody got it. There we go. All right. Send, Send to that to us. <laughs> we love you guys so much. Have an amazing oh, week. Oh, I did, I, I wanted, that, that oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So those of you who clicked off, sorry, you're going to miss this. But those of you who hung on, hold on. Here's what you need to know. The first Sunday in the month of July. And yes, I know that's July 4th. And that kind of works out in, in the favor of us. But the first Sunday in the month of July, we will go back to having in-person service here at Fellowship of Champions. Now, the caveat with that is that there are some things that we're going to be saying to you in the next four weeks that you need to make sure that you are adhering to. Uh, so if you don't subscribe or if you're not, you haven't liked the Fellowship of Champions Northwest Arkansas group, if you haven't liked the Fellowship of Champions virtual group, if you haven't liked the Fellowship of Champions page, you need to do that because that's how we're going to communicate to you. It will be a limited number of people able to come the first couple of Sundays because we need to make sure that we're able to do in-person service and still keep everybody safe. So there's going to be a list of, um, of things that will come out telling you how to sign up to let us know that you're going to be there. Uh, and if you're not going to be there, don't sign up. Don't take someone's spot just because you're excited. Right. Make sure that you're going to be able to be there. Uh, and for our virtual partners, don't you worry. We're not leaving you. Not we're going leaving. to still be doing the same things we've been doing for you. But we feel like based on the CDC guidelines, um, there were some numbers we were looking at that we wanted the COVID numbers to look a certain way before we decided to go back. We believe we've reached that threshold if nothing else changes. So the next four weeks, we'll be preparing for our reopening plan. We believe that the Lord has blessed it. Uh, and so that first Sunday in July, uh, after a year and four months or so, we will be back to having in-person service. So be sure that you are looking for that information so you can follow the directions, because if you don't, we won't be able to allow you into the facility. And 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 if things go as planned, because many partners have said they want to come from all over the country, mm -hmm. if things go as planned in September, September, we are going to have a 
homecoming celebration. So all of our partners all can, of our plan to partners can plan everybody to come, everybody to come, be together. And we listen. Some of you we've never met in person, and so we are really praying and believing that July and August the numbers are just going to go like this and. Hopefully, we have enough people to to get we vaccinated. Want to make a who want of it. to? Yeah. We want to make a whole weekend of it. Have you come in on like a on like a Friday? Friday, uh, you know, we'll do some things. Have a big place where we can all come together on Saturday. Hopefully, the weather will be great, and then worship together on Sunday and have pictures taken and just I mean, just really kind of bring home this culmination of this last eighteen months or so where we've really. Got so many new partners in the ministry. So get your tickets and get ready to come in September. Or <laughs> well, start putting your money back. Yeah, anyway, we'll get right. Your yet. Don't we'll get ticket because we don't have a date right, yet. We'll right. let you know about the date. Right, right. right. So we love you guys. We yeah. appreciate you so much. And we want you to have an amazing day. Yeah. All so right. Look forward. July 4th, uh, that Sunday will be our first back in-person service. And we'll be getting you details about all that. All right. We love y'all. Have, have a, a great week. day. Bye-bye, guys.